Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about what happens when sex becomes an obligation and how to reverse that trend. And there's an anonymous quote that says, sex is an art form, not a chore. Mm-hmm. Ouch. <laughs> and I, I would say we've, we've had both of those. We've had art form sex and we've had chore sex. Absolutely. And we're going to be digging more into the chore sex in today's show. But first, we start each show with a hug and a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family whose marriage has been transformed. Mm -hmm. And this week's hug is sponsored by open fit. And we're going to be sharing a little bit more about how open fit is changing the fitness world a little later in the show. This hug, it came from an email that we received that started with a friend recommended your podcast six months ago, and I've been enjoying it so much. And I just want to say to all you friends out there that share the show with your friends, thank you. We appreciate that you are out there and you're spreading the marriage uh, or spreading the word about extraordinary marriages. The email goes on to say, I wanted to let you know what a blessing you are and how it's helped me specifically. I've been married for three years now and my husband is a super strong leader and has great confrontation skills. When we met, I did not. I would avoid it at all costs and it cost me. I wanted to share something exciting with you. I love people and I hate hurting people's feelings. I avoid conflict and have to work hard to be brave and speak up. I'm getting so much better at this in my marriage. Last night, my husband and I had a, uh, had a misunderstanding and he was frustrated with me. Normally, I would feel mad or hurt and go stew quietly and not say much. Sounds like I'm reading, you know, like a page out of my own book from mm -hmm. the early years of our marriage. She goes on to say, because of your podcast, I've been feeding my brain and heart all these good stories and learning valuable skills as you guys share. So because of that, I addressed it head on. I asked the right questions to get the conversation going and to clarify what was the real problem. Mm. Instead of wasting a perfectly good evening together, I enjoyed hanging out with my hubby for the next few hours. And then she puts right after that, victory. It's small, but I really see growth in this area and wanted to share it with you. I love it. That is so amazing. One conversation can shift a marriage. And hey, with this year's hashtag in the moment, you know, I love the line, instead of wasting a perfectly good evening together, mm -hmm. right? I enjoyed hanging out with my hubby for the next few hours. And and I would put that, that hashtag in the moment, which is awesome and beautiful. Congratulations, you yeah, guys. We're so proud of you. That's, that's phenomenal. And, you know, as Tony opened the show saying that we're talking about sex out of obligation, you, we often get asked, where, where does the idea of a show come from? Right. And sometimes it comes from conversations that Tony and I have. And sometimes it comes from conversations that we have with other people. And sometimes it comes from the emails that you all send us or Facebook messages or I am or Instagram direct messages. And this actually came from an email that we received a few weeks ago that had this line in it. 
It said, I felt unwanted by my wife and that I was not desirable of or worthy of her love. Once in a while, she would concede and we would be intimate, but it felt like pity sex. And, and reading this, oh my gosh, you know, th- those two lines just so hit me. They, they literally stopped me in my tracks as I was reading this email because that, that line, she would concede and we would be intimate, but it felt like pity sex. I will tell you, th- that could have easily have been pulled out of many, many different times in the first probably 10, 11 years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, it's not just me. Like I would love to just say, okay, you know what? This isn't something anybody else has to deal with. But it turns out that 77% of those of you who responded to a recent poll that we did on IG stories have at least thought about having sex out of duty or obligation. So I'm not alone, first of all. And I do want to say this is not just something that women do, that there are also men that do this as well. Oh, I will raise my hand and be one of those men to say, oh, I've had pity sex. It's just sort of like, let's just do it. Let's just get it done. Move on. And that 77% that have at least thought of it, and I, you know, it's hard to like know exactly out of that number how many have actually done it. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's probably pretty high. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It means that we need to take a look at this and, and this what is happening within the marriage and what the two of you can do about it. Because, you know, just case in point, like our story. Right. I said this is, it could have been written out of anywhere in the first 10, 11 years of our marriage. I did feel like I just had a very low libido, right? Like in the courtship phase, I was like, oh my gosh, let's do this. Let's, let's, you know, like all the time, let's go, let's go, let's go early years. Let's go, you know, newlywed, let's go. And then it was like crickets, cricket, like uh, what, you know, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. I, I probably actually told Tony that I could take it or leave it. Oh yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, see, it's it's still right there under the surface. You know, when the kids were little and just, you know, being in that place of taking care of kids and taking care of the house and being touched literally, I I would say 24 hours a day because you know when you're nursing and somebody's getting up in the middle of the night or you've got somebody that's crawling all over you, you're carrying one or whatever, and you just feel all touched out and and not desiring sex. And I know that I would tell Tony that, like I would get to this point where, and the memory is so vivid of standing in our kitchen so exasperated because he had just come up and put his arms around me. And I knew at that point in time in our marriage, that was the, that was the signal. Like I'm coming up and I'm touching you because I want to, like, I think you're attractive and I desire you and I want to have sex. And I think it was usually I would come up from behind you and I put my arms around you that way. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that is the memory that is like seared into my brain. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because for me it was, and I will say this for, for me, the reason I would I would approach her in that way as well is because I didn't want to have to see her face Mm. and I didn't want to have to look into her eyes because I knew if I looked into her eyes, I was going to get the sort of this face of like, really, we really have to do this. So knowing to come up from behind her, at least I could feel her, I could touch her and I didn't have to see her face. And it's, and it's crazy to, to say that. And yet that's where I was because I knew I knew the face. And if I saw the face and it was just sort of like, eh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because the face that he was avoiding was a face that he'd seen before where I would kind of roll my eyes and probably let out a big sigh like, (sighs) okay. Like, I guess we need to have sex because, you know, it's been, it's been a while or I guess we need to have sex because like, I know that you have needs, right? It was all about his needs. Never mind the fact that I, I did have orgasms, but it was all about like, I'm just doing this for you. 
right? Like I'll martyr myself and have sex with you because you have needs. Or, or I'd just be thinking in the back of my mind, you know what? I'm not going to huff and puff and I'm not going to roll my eyes. Like I'll just go along with it because it's easier than dealing with his frustration at me wanting to say no. Mm-hmm. Or it, it's faster than having a conversation about why this isn't a good time. Like, like we can just have sex and, and I can just, you know, fake orgasms, which I did in the early years of our marriage just to kind of speed up the, you know, speed up the transaction. It was very transactional. I'm like, just, okay. Like if I just moan and groan, this will be done. And you know, I can go back to, you know, laundry or whatever mm-hmm. seemed so much more appealing at the time. I'm like, ah, what is that? And there was also this thing of, okay, well, if we have sex now, like how long, how long will this pacify him? Right. How many, like how many days can I get out of, out of a sexual encounter? Like this was all guys, this was all the junk that was going through my head. And here's another, here, here's an interesting time in our lives. I I remember this place where Elisa would be, you know, if I just do it now, I can just pacify him. And how long will he go? And I remember telling myself at one time, I'm like, I am not going to initiate. And I'm going to see how long this woman can go without even making any inclination towards sex. And I, and I want to say I stopped around like 30 odd days because at that point in time, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like if I don't do anything here, we are not going to ever have sex. Just that that's where we were. And I would say that was probably in that seven to eight year range, somewhere, somewhere in that range. That's where we were maybe eight to nine. I, I can't remember exactly, but this is what we were living like mm-hmm. and dealing with and having that pity sex and just sort of like in, in both ways too. And cause sometimes for me, even though we were having sex and Elisa was like, okay, we can have sex. I almost felt like I was pitying her because it was like, well, at least you're getting something. And, but it's all like, I don't know. It was just weird at times. Well, there was, there was no connection. And we were in this vicious cycle where my mindset was like, this is just all something for Tony, right? This is, this is for you. Sex is not anything for me. Sex is all for you. I'm not getting anything out of it. I, I took on this, you know what? I'm being a good wife because I would say yes from time to time, right? Or as one person said, just in response to some of the questions, like I just throw my husband a bone. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's hard to see that in print because that was my mindset. Yeah. And, and in actuality, I, I can't tell you, I, I can't even begin to describe to you how much your spouse wants you to be present in the sexual intimacy. When the two of you are having sex, like a lot of you think that your spouse doesn't know that you're checked out, that you're just doing this out of a sense of obligation. And I just want to, I am going to burst your bubble. They know, they know, right? You, you can, you can fake the orgasms. You can, you know, put on the smiley face and, and put on the lingerie or guys, you can, you know, caress her and do all these kinds of things. Your spouse knows Mm -hmm. you, you know, when someone's not fully present with you and, and I just, again, I want to reiterate that this is not, this is not all women being checked out. This is not all men being checked out and just doing this out. It happens on both sides of the marriage bed. And it, you know, it, it is interesting because I talked to so many couples uh, coaching and you know, the question comes up, I'm like, tell me what sex was like. Tell me what sex was like at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? When it was good. When it was exciting, tell me what that was like. And, and I hear things about like, oh my gosh, there was just such, there was such a spark. We couldn't keep our hands off of each other. Deep, 
passionate, love making. And, and you can see when they're describing it that they're it's just like this, this memory yeah. the, or these memories wash over them. A, a joy, mm-hmm. a happiness. Yeah, 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 totally. It's almost like, you know, at that point in time in the marriage, there's just always this anticipation. Like, I cannot wait to get my hands on you. Right. Right. I can't. And then comes marriage. And as somebody was telling me the other day, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, now we're now we're living together and I see them all the time. And you know, we've got kids and we've got, you know, just different obligations. And yeah, we just don't have the same drive. And, and it just you kind of hear kind of hear the Eeyore voice in the background around sex. Like, I guess if we have to. Mm-hmm. And, and somewhere along the line, there's this shift from the idea that I want to be intimate with you. Right, like we're gonna we're gonna get married and we're gonna have sex and it's gonna be awesome to a mindset for so many that says, I have to be intimate with you. Yeah, and that's an interesting one you bring up there from this like this anticipation, we're gonna get married, and then we are gonna be sexually intimate, and like, oh my gosh, I get to. Mm-hmm. Like there's this amazing there, there is, there's this, there's this interesting shift that ends up happening. It's like I get to be with you in this intimate way that only I get to. And once we get married and we have it a handful of times, now it's like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And I would say we've been there. We were definitely there. Mm. And, but it, it, it's totally, a, and I believe it's more of a mindset than anything else that's happening in the early ages and stages of marriage and even throughout the different stages of marriage. I, I think a lot of it happens in between our ears more than our physical body. And yes, physically we can we can have some areas that hey, as we get older that aren't running just exactly the way we want or things of that nature, but I think a lot of it does come in that mindset. Well, and it was interesting because you know, part of that series of questions that we asked on Instagram also had to do with with the why. Why do you have this why do you have sex out of obligation? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Why do you why do you even entertain this? And and there were statements like to keep my spouse faithful, to avoid arguments over us not having sex, to to keep the peace because I know that my spouse needs it because it's their love language. Mm-hmm. And can I just can I just say something about love languages here? Is that your spouse may speak a different love language. It doesn't mean that their love language is any less significant than yours. And if their love language is touch. It matters just as much as your, you know, time or words of affirmation or acts of service mm-hmm. or it, gifts or gifts. It just looks different. It just looks different. So don't begrudge them their love language. You, you have this uh, sense of obligation because, you know, maybe it's been too long mm-hmm. or you feel guilty for saying no. And you, there's so much stuff going on there. Like if you look at any one of those statements that you all gave and, you know, I just want you to know. I could have said any one of those my first 10, 11 years of marriage. I think we both have said those. I, I don't know about the faithful one personally for me. I, I never felt that in our marriage. Like yeah. I never felt like sex That's was a way for us to stay faithful. I, for me, that was an arguments, you know, to avoid the arguments, to keep the peace. Yeah. Um, because I know he or she needs, yeah. Love language. I don't know about that one too much. Um, it's been too long for sure, mm-hmm. you know, in the guilt, the guilty part of it as well. Yeah, I think, you know, many of those fit under areas that we have felt over the years. And it, it, 
when that dynamic starts to happen in your marriage, when, when sex starts to become this obligation, it means you need to do a little investigating, mm-hmm. right? Because we've lived it and it's miserable, but you got to know the why behind the, you know, all of those statements, that action, those are symptoms, right? The, the, the not having sex or the having sex out of obligation, that's a symptom of something that's going on in your marriage. And, and I just, as an aside, because a lot of you have heard us talk about the intimacy lifestyle. A lot of you have heard us talk about the, you know, the different sex challenges that we've had. And they're like, mm-hmm. I, I just need to clear up something because people are like, Oh, does that ever happen during a sex challenge? Mm. And I will tell you it has. Oh yes. The, the, the difference in that situation though, is there is a desired goal that we're going towards together. Mm-hmm. And so with, with a sex challenge, there is an obligation. And, and, and I would say we have like obligation sex because we have committed to doing the sex challenge together. And it almost has helped us work through those areas and, and allowed our emotional intimacy to really be highlighted in and, 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 and helping one another through mm-hmm. that. Within the intimacy lifestyle, we've been doing that for 11 years now. You better believe having sex twice a week for 11 years, there are going to be times when it is just sort of like, oh man, like it's Friday night, Elisa, it's 10 o'clock. I got it. Now you're touching me because it's your last night to initiate and you want to make sure you're getting in it. And it's like, okay, let's just do this. Let's get it done. You know, but that's, that's the ebb and flow of a marriage. It's not always going to be you know, swinging from the chandeliers type of a, of a thing. But we have those discussions in, in, in instance, for instance, with the intimacy lifestyle like that, like, Hey, could we have just had sex in the shower like four hours earlier? Could you have just done that? Cause then that wouldn't have been obligate, obligatory sex for me. It would have been like, sweet, we're taking a shower. Let's have sex and we'll move on. Right. So it's interesting just between a couple hours, a few hours, how that can change because of where you are. And it's so important. You know, like I just wanted to bring that up because I know for those of you that have listened for a while, that's a question. What we're really what we're really addressing in this show and what we're looking at as we start to talk about strategies is not the occasional occurrence when you're like, okay, I'm not hundred percent into it, but I know we can get there, but rather when it's, when it's the norm in your marriage where every encounter or many encounters mm-hmm. have this sense of duty, have this obligation and, and aren't really in this place of being enjoyed by one another. And you know, if we don't ever get to the root of the disconnect, that's where, that's where the big challenge comes in because that is what's going to create the shift. And and we do need strategies. Tony and I needed strategies to address this in our marriage and to minimize it. And we want to share those with you. But first we want to thank this week's sponsor and that's open fit. You know, and as we head into the fall, I I just want to encourage everyone, don't wait for new years to, to set that resolution, start getting fit now with open fit. Open fit is a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room, or in our case, our big master bathroom in as little as 10 minutes a day. In fact, 600 seconds is actually one of my favorites because I can just wrap my head around. Okay. That's 10 minutes. What what space can I just focus on for 10 minutes? And you know, the truth is we've all had those moments at the gym when it feels like all eyes are on you. 
right? When you're like, oh, there's the super fit guy or the super fit gal and she's just crushing it. No more. Work out from the comfort and convenience of your own home on your own schedule. Push yourself with workouts like the Tough Mudder or like I said, the 600 seconds because Open Fit is great for all fitness levels. You know, Open Fit has changed the way that we work out. And by texting our code one to 303030, you can join us on a fitness journey personalized just for you. And right now during the Open Fit 30-Day Challenge, our listeners are going to get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to Open Fit. When you text one to 303030, you're going to get full access to Open Fit, all the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text one to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. So you've been listening to the show and it's you know, one of those things where maybe you're thinking, what does this look like in our marriage? Are we having, are we having obligation sex? Is this a thing? And again, we're not talking about the occasional, you know, like I'm not into it right now. Just give me a few minutes and I'll get there. But rather take a, you know, sit there. Some of you are listening to this in their car. Some of you are on a walk right now. Are your sexual encounters mostly just because you feel like you're doing this out of obligation? Or you feel like your spouse is just doing this out of obligation. Stop and stop and answer that question. Right? Be truthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't just gloss over the show because you're like, I don't want to admit this. Like, like, get real with yourself. And if it's you that's having sex out of obligation, what needs to be addressed in your marriage? What's going on with you? Are there hurts that the two of you have not discussed? Is there an emotional disconnect? that needs to be addressed. Like if you're dealing with stuff and it's keeping you from being sexually intimate with your spouse, you need to get help mm-hmm. because you've probably tried to power through. You've tried to fake it. You've tried to put on the smile. You've tried to say, yes, I can do this. And you're still feeling that, eh, that eh feeling, you know what I'm talking about? The one that's like, I don't really want to do this eh, feeling. And if that's you, then, then get coaching, get help, right? It's not just something that you have to keep like tolerating. Don't be, don't be somebody that just tolerates because your pride is better, bigger than your success. That's good. Right. Get help. Check out one slash coaching, right? Go there, get the breakthrough. Like so many couples have had in this area. Maybe you're a couple where it's really the, the logistics that are creating this space where it always feels like it's out of obligation, right? Like Tony said, you know, there have been times when I wait till 10 o'clock cause I'm thinking I got all this other stuff to do. Whereas if I'd sat down and said, okay, what is like, if we're going to take a shower together, why not do it in the shower? It's okay. Like it's still my day. I'm still initiating, but you may actually need to have the conversation with your spouse on when are we, when are we having sex? And is that creating more a sense of obligation instead of a sense of engagement? Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there. Engagement versus obligation. And you may, you may need to look at, especially those of you that are already doing the intimacy lifestyle. And maybe you feel like even with the intimacy lifestyle, you're kind of like, uh, are we falling into this place where it's just another half do? Like pull out your intimacy lifestyle planner again. And and look at this and say, okay, what days are we looking at? Where do we tend to fall into this? And do we need to do just a revamp? Yeah. Or just look over it. I mean, just like anything in life, there are times when we have to go back and go, is this working? Mm -hmm. And if 
it isn't working the way we expected it to work, then why isn't that? And what can we do so we don't have this, this feeling of obligation sex? Like we're just doing it because the intimacy lifestyle is set up. And for those of you who are interested in the intimacy lifestyle and setting up your own intimacy lifestyle, you can check out our intimacy lifestyle planner. Go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash IL planner. And you can set this up, but a lot of it is the conversation, right? The emotional intimacy. We're in this. Are we willing to, are we willing to confront our own, our own like, The, the places where we are just lacking. Mm. Are we willing to confront that? Because that's the toughest part. Because if not, then you're going to continuously just having pity sex or obligation sex. You just are. Because you're not willing to confront it. And if you are willing to confront it, what are you going to be doing? What are you going to do to get out of that place? So that way you can enjoy the sex with your spouse. And not just feel like this is another thing I have to do. Because truly, it is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And and being married 22 years, and Elisa and I being through all the things that we have been through in our marriage, to come to this day now where I desire her more and she desires me in the bed together, and that sexual intimacy is so heightened. And hey, yes, is it perfect or is it perfect every single time? No. Are there times when we have to shift because kids are awake and things of that nature? Yes. Are there times when the kids aren't around or they're asleep and and we can get a little more vocal? Yes. And it makes it so much more enjoyable. I mean, our marriage just flows because of that. Just even listening to you say that again, it just takes me back to to the quote that we opened the show with, that sex is an art form, not a chore. And I'm not sure where along the line of messaging around marriage and sex and marriage and whatnot that that we bought into this this fallacy, this lie that sex is just something we have to do in marriage. Right? Oh, we that's to, so good. Yes. Like, like Love where it. where did we buy into this? Like, oh, okay, yeah, we're married, so now I just I gotta have sex with my spouse. No. What if what if we actually embraced the idea that that we could have sex because it's amazing with our spouse, that as we learn each other's bodies, as we learn what works, as we spend time together, you know, orgasms are good for you. Can, can I just, can I just point that out? Like that rush of endorphins, that's good for you. Being naked and touching your spouse and their naked body, that is good for you. Our bodies were designed for touch. We were designed to be fully intimate with the person that we say I do to. So if that's not happening, or it's not happening, you know, because you want to, but it's because you have to. I'm going to challenge you this week that, that this is the week that you start to walk into the freedom of saying, I'm going to step into an I want to place. And if you can't do that by yourself, I already mentioned coaching, then, then get help. Because I will tell you, being a wife who at one point in time only had I have to sex with her husband to being in a place now where the I want to, and, and I know what I want to sex looks and feels like. It's pretty flipping amazing. It's why now at almost 23 years of marriage, I actually get to stand in front of audiences and tell all of you and, and even share with you know, people one-on-one, I'm having the best sex of my life and my marriage. 
And ultimately, part of the reason we get behind these microphones each and every week is because we desire the same thing for each one of you. Mm-hmm. I don't right. care if you've been married for two weeks or, or you know, 40 years. There's nothing that says that you can't be working towards an extraordinary sex life. Nothing. But you got to take action. We got to break through this mindset that says it's a have to and step into this place where you're like, you know what? You're pretty sexy. I want to have sex with you and have that be reciprocated. And that is really our dream and our desire for each one of you. Yeah. All right. So this week we're going to stop having obligation, sex, pity, sex, whatever you want to call it. We're going to stop that. That's the big, that's the big thing. Right. And the next step is, is how are we going to make sure that we continue to walk through that day after day, week after week, month after month. And that's something that you're going to have to be open and honest with yourself. You and your spouse are going to have to be open and honest with each other to work through some of that. Start that intimacy lifestyle planner or get, or get the intimacy lifestyle planner, start the intimacy lifestyle, because I will tell you having sex more often creates a happier and it's easier to have sex. It's something that Elisa and I learned that it's, it's amazing when you have more sex, you're able to talk about it more and you're able to bring up what's working, what's not, and you enjoy it. And there's no reason to have pity sex. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.